Hello, hello, hello. Good evening and welcome back to another edition of the Chronicles of Aguna, the Arsenal podcast. We're streaming to you live at the moment on YouTube. Big hello to those of you who are currently tuned in and, of course, to those who are listening to this back on Friday morning via the audio. I hope you're all doing well and hope you're all looking forward to the weekend. Now, no Arsenal game to preview this weekend. Um, which means that the f- the show is going to take a slightly different format this evening. We're going to be looking at a couple of other stories, a couple of more general topics uh, on this edition. I'm I'm riding solo, as you can see. We're going to be touching uh, on the Premier League clubs' vote uh, for the return of the longer summer transfer window. We're going to be talking about uh, how VAR failed Southampton at Spurs, and we're going to be talking um, about. Uh, what else was we going to talk about? Oh, yeah, the helicopter at Oxford United. How could I forget one of the biggest talking points this week? Maybe it's not necessarily football related, but we thought we'd take a little bit of a lighthearted approach uh, to this episode of the podcast. So I hope you're all uh, tuned in, um, whether that's live, whether that's by the audio. If you are, don't forget to hit subscribe, like, share the usual stuff. Uh, you know the draw by now. It does really, really help. And don't forget, this show is brought to you by TV Sports Blog. Dot com. Uh, this episode is uh, especially sponsored by the guys over there. So do head over to the website. There's fantastic content covering all sorts of topics. Um, there's cricket, there's football, there's uh, you name it, whatever sport you want, any big sporting events, um, you can find coverage and uh, analysis and reviews and previews uh, over at tvsportsblog.com. So do check them out. And a big hello to John and the rest of the team over there. Right, let's begin by talking about the Premier League clubs' vote for the return of the longer summer transfer window. Now, the BBC have gone with a picture of David Lewis, who, of course, joined Arsenal on deadline day last summer. So it says here that the Premier League clubs have voted to change the summer transfer window to bring it in line with the rest of Europe for the past two seasons. The window in England has closed the day before the top flight campaign began. But that's been changed now. And in 2020, the closing date will be the 1st of September at five o'clock. Now, the vote was taken at a Premier League shareholders meeting in London on Thursday. Um, I don't think we know, though, um, which clubs voted for it and which didn't. That information is not available to us at this moment in time. But I want to get your thoughts. So let me know what you think. Is it a good idea to have the Premier League summer transfer window in line with the rest of Europe? Is it, um, you know, okay to have it running into the beginning of the season. And that was always one of the the things that frustrated managers, wasn't it? They wanted to have a settled squad, have their team decided and have essentially all their business done by the time the Premier League season kicked off. This might change that. Um, And after years and years and years of trying to get it to a certain place, they voted for it to go back, which is strange, in my opinion. Strange that it's happened so soon. But I guess, you know, the the Europe thing is, is a big deal because you know, this will at least prevent uh, teams from sort of being able to blindside you and, uh, you know, tap up your players and then you're kind of stuck and you kind of got to sell them, but then you haven't got time or you can't bring in a replacement. So I understand why people want them to be in line. That makes perfectly good sense. Does the fact that there's a European Championships this summer make a difference as well? Has that encouraged people to want to see the, the deadline uh, or the window close later because they fear that because of the European Championships, some business may be delayed. It may be a little bit difficult to do anything before um, that tournament finishes. So that could be a factor as well. And it could be 
uh, why some of the clubs have voted the way they have. But let me know what you think about it in the comments. Um, I kind of like the idea of it closing before the season started because I like the idea of going into a campaign, knowing exactly what you've got to work with, knowing exactly, um, you know, who your squad is, I guess, from the club's who are selling this perspective, it can be a little bit unsettling that it continues into the season now because, you know, the speculation doesn't go away and it means that for the first two or three weeks of the season, you could be in a situation where you're almost waiting for somebody to come in and make a bid for one of your players. So I, you know, I liked it the way it was. Um, I liked the fact that it was closing prior to the kickoff, but it, obviously that's not the case for for most of the Premier League clubs because they've, you know, they've changed it. They've changed it. Um, they voted against um, it being uh, held that way. And it's gone back to the old way now, which is uh, at the end of August. We're looking at the 1st of September now uh, for the closure of the summer transfer window. Again, let me know what you think. Um, let's move on to another topic that I wanted to touch on uh, on this evening's show. Um, again, you know, like I said, there's not much going on in the world of Arsenal at the moment. The players are um, you know, off to the buyer, having their break, etc. Um, Mikel Arteta has spoken about the need for that break. So I wanted to touch on a game that took place last night involving uh, the scum down the road. Um, Tottenham 3, Southampton 2 in the FA Cup fourth round replay. Um, lots of controversy in this game. And I want to have a little rant about this because uh, from, from two angles, I guess. I want to talk about Son um, and I want to talk about the failure of VAR. Now, I've been someone who's always defended VAR. I wanted VAR in the Premier League. I was desperate for it. I was calling out for it for months and months and months. And I still believe that when used correctly, VAR enhances our game. VAR is a tool that the referees can use in order to get more of their decisions right. But we're seeing it being misused time and time again. And that's why people are going off it. That's why people are getting fed up of it. It's the inconsistencies that we're seeing in the way it's operated that are driving people absolutely fucking mad. And, you know, there was no better example, in my opinion, um, than what happened at the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium or whatever they call that shit on nowadays um, last night when Son dived. And I don't care what anybody says. It is a blatant dive. And I've heard some Tottenham fans, um, you know, after the game last night and today in the sort of aftermath of it, talking about the fact that there was a little bit of contact. Angus Gunn slapped his thigh or whatever it was. Nonsense. Absolute nonsense. Son has got one thing on his mind in that situation, and that is to throw himself to the floor and win a penalty. And what drives me mad about this is that we hear, you know, often from officials or, or from people commentating on the game or, you know, pundits, Oh, but he's not that sort of player. Son absolutely fucking is that sort of player. This is the guy that snapped Andre Gomez's ankle to pieces. This is the guy who dived at the Emirates, who kicked out at Antonio Rudiger, you know, who's dived countless times now in the Premier League. Yet nobody wants to admit that he's like that because he smiles. Well, I don't give a shit if he smiles. It's completely irrelevant. It is completely irrelevant because at the end of the day, Son is a blatant cheat. And once again, he's got away with it. How a, a video assistant referee has watched that and decided that that is a penalty kick is absolutely beyond me. And when I sit here and I defend VAR and I say to people, 
It's the morons that are operating it that are the problem, not the fact that we've got the replays. You know, this was a, a prime example of those morons, you know, getting something wrong, being inconsistent, you know, and it, it's just so frustrating. It's just so frustrating to watch. And, you know, you have to feel for Ralph Hasenhutl and Southampton because they went to, to the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium. They outplayed Spurs for the majority of the game. They were by far the better side, missed a whole host of chances. And then to have th their opportunity uh, to play in the fifth round snatched away from them by a poor, poor, poor um, piece of officiating is, is just not acceptable. And it's why people are starting to lose interest in our game. It's why people are becoming disillusioned with VAR because on another given day, VAR looks at that and decides that Son's dived. So why can't they apply this consistency? Why can't they have a, a panel, um, you know, who are agreed on, on certain things and who sit there and they watch these decisions and they make the calls. Now, whether that would be ex-players or ex-top-level referees, I don't know. But what we're seeing at the moment is we're seeing really, really inexperienced referees um, being given the VAR hot seat. We've seen some experienced ones do it too, but we know that they're just as bad. And the problem is that, you know, when VAR is in play, it makes it unacceptable to make such mistakes. Now, had a referee given that, as a penalty on first glance, like the referee did to his credit, um, well, not to his credit, but like the referee did, then I kind of, I, I guess I can see why he may have got it wrong in real time because it does look like the keeper's taking him out. You, you think in your head, why would Son go down there when he's in that position? When if he goes around the goalkeeper, he's got an empty net to roll the ball into. So that makes you wonder when you're watching it in real time. But having seen that replay, the fact that they've not overturned that is an absolute shambles. And it's another example of how the officiating in our league has gone to shit. In this country, um, the, the standard of officiating in general is terrible. It's poor. It's weak. Uh, and quite frankly, with VAR now in play, there's no excuse for it. And I'm disgusted by what I saw. Um, Ishak Tarafdar in the comments says it was not a dive from Son. Mate, it absolutely was. It absolutely was. Stand the man says he smiles and cries and gets a pass. Agreed. Totally agree. It is it happens time and time again with Son. Um some people say that it's clever forward play. Some people say that he's anticipating challenges and going down. Well, isn't that what diving is? Anticipating something that hasn't happened yet and throwing yourself to the ground before it actually occurs. Isn't that the very definition of diving? So really infuriated by that. I was watching the game and I was really, really disappointed to see that and disappointed to see that the VAR didn't make the right call, didn't step in. And for me, you know, if we're going to continue, um, you know, to follow this game that we love, and we're going to have the VAR in place on a permanent basis, then things like that need to be solved. Because if they're not, people will turn off very quickly. Believe you me. Um, you know, we've already seen people saying that VAR's ruined their game. It's prevented them from celebrating goals. It's, you know, it takes away the edge. It takes away the, the emotion. Maybe it does do some of those things. Maybe it does take away the emotion. But the whole point of it was to make the game fairer. 
and unless it's applied in a fair way, unless its rules are implemented in a consistent manner, then we're always going to have these problems. And Southampton would have left North London last night bitterly disappointed, really sad, really upset, and undeserving, uh, you know, of being knocked out of the competition. That's just my take on that. Um, let's see what else we've got. There was one more thing that I wanted to touch on um, on this brief edition of the podcast, and it is uh, the Newcastle fan who decided to whip his piece out <laughs> um, in celebration of a goal at Oxford United. Now, it was a big goal, of course. Newcastle United, um, you know, pegged back from two goals down, um, you know, looking to to get their way through to the fifth round of the FA Cup. They're going quite well, I'd say, under Steve Bruce, a lot better than most people thought. Um, uh, you know, we've seen lots of crazy fan celebrations. I'm sure most of you have been at some point involved in one of those moments where you don't even actually know what you're doing and you find yourself, you know, hugging somebody or, or you know, cuddling up to someone that you don't even bloody know, you know, because the emotion is there jumping on top of people. It, it happens. We don't really know what we're doing. But this guy knew full well what he was doing. And he's he's whipped these peas out. And I shouldn't laugh because it's bang out of order and it's not on and it's not something that you want to see. Um, it's something that has clearly offended some people. Um, but you've you got to laugh at the, the way this guy has just... You know, what's gone through his mind to make him do that? Stan the Man says, I believe that style of willy-waggling is called the helicopter. Yeah, I believe you're right, mate. But what possesses a man to do that in celebration of a goal? I don't know. I don't know. Um, it's wrong. It's out of order. Um, some people find it offensive, agreed. But I think it's very difficult not to see the funny side of it. You know, if you're one of those people like me who hasn't been offended by it, because let's face it, it's not something I'm going to lose sleep over. It's not something that's upset me. Um, if it's upset you, fair enough. But for me, it's not it's not that big a deal. I just think it's I just think that to think a football fan would would think of that on the spot and do it. Or if he hasn't thought that he would just that would be his natural reaction to a goal against Oxford United. I, I just find crazy. I just find absolutely crazy. And the news has come today that he's been banned from, from all stadiums for life or whatever it is, which, you know, it, it's a good, it, it, not it's a good punishment. It's the right punishment because it's not on. It's indecent exposure at the end of the day, which is criminal. Um, so you can't be doing that in public. Um, but to think that somebody who's been done for racism during, a, I think it was during a Bournemouth game, has only been banned for three years. And this guy's been banned for life doesn't make sense to me because I think that the racism thing is worse. The racism thing is far worse. This for me, you know, it's offensive, shouldn't happen. But I don't think it's going to leave people outraged to the point where they're actually hurt like racism can do. So, you know, I, I just think that it's a little bit crazy, isn't it? Um, guys, we're coming towards the end of the episode. We're just doing a short one tonight. Um, Wanted to get something out there, despite the fact that there is no Arsenal game this weekend. If you've got any questions, leave them in the chat. I can see there's a question uh, from Ishak who says, what do you think about the transfer window change? I spoke about it at the top of the show, mate, but I'll just briefly round up my thoughts. And, and that is that I preferred it 
uh, when it closed prior to the kickoff. I think it was a good way um, of stopping sort of managers having to deal with speculation surrounding some of their players, etc. But I acknowledge that the fact that it wasn't in line with the rest of the European leagues was a disadvantage to the Premier League clubs who were then um, under pressure in some circumstances, um, held to ransom in some circumstances, left with a player who could still leave, but without the the means to replace them. So I get why, um, you know, why, why people have voted to put it, to extend it again, uh, to push it back to the end of the month. I get that. That's fine. Um, not my preference, but I understand the reasons behind uh, both sides of the argument. So I'm not outraged or disappointed or anything like that. Um, Chris says, do you think it's right that the Arsenal players have gone off on holiday when they should be uh, back at London Colney working hard to improve results? I don't think it's quite a holiday. I think they've all been given a few days off um, and then they're going to undergo some warm weather, weather training in Dubai. And I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I think it's good to get away sometimes. I think that there has been a lot of turmoil at the club this season with uh, Unai Emery being sacked the way he was. There was unrest in the dressing room. Certain players' relationships had broken down with not only the, the manager, but with the fans in Granit Xhaka's case, in Shkodran Mustafi's case, um, who have both, by the way, been excellent of late. So I think it's a good thing. You know, it's a break. The winter break is here to 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 be used. It's for people to to refresh themselves, to go away. Warm weather training is always a good thing. I'm told anyway. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm okay with it. I think it's absolutely fine. I think it's absolutely the right thing to do, and I think it will do the players good. And fingers crossed we see the benefits of that uh, when our next Premier League fixture comes around in a couple of weeks' time. That's my take on it. Uh, anyway, Abhishek Chowdhury says, what should be our plan for the Cup games? Go strong or not? How would you integrate Mari into our side? I think... In terms of the cup games, I think the Europa League offers us a route back into the Champions League. So I'd absolutely take that seriously because I think the financial benefits of Arsenal getting back in the Champions League will be massive. Um, very important in terms of our planning moving forward and who we're able to sign, et cetera, et cetera. So I think it's important that we take those seriously. And, you know, we're Arsenal. The FA Cup is our competition. So I'm not against Arsenal taking that seriously and I'd love to see them win a trophy. And it would go a long way in, I guess, mending what has been an abysmal season and what has been really disappointing. Um, you know, Arsenal find themselves in a horrible league position, probably the worst one that I remember anyway. So for me, you know, that's... The, the, the Cups give Arsenal an opportunity to uh, fix the confidence issue. Uh, more games means more time to implement the new things that Mikel Arteta has brought to the table. Um, so so that's my view. I think we've got to take it seriously. We've got to take them seriously. Uh, how would you integrate Mari into our side? I think you just throw him in. If you think he's ready, then you throw him in. And, you know, we've had lots of changes at centre-back this season. We've had Mustafi playing. Socrates has played alongside Lewis. Um, Lewis has been left out. Uh, Callum Chambers was playing there at times. Uh, Rob Holding's been in and out of the side since he returned from injury. So I don't think the necessary, I don't necessarily think that the changes are a bad thing. How do you integrate him into the side? I, I guess that depends how he's doing in training. You know, from Mikel Arteta's perspective, he's been quite clear that he wanted a left footed centre back. He obviously thinks that that will bring some sort of benefit to the way Arsenal play out from the back. So um, therefore, 
having brought Marie in, um, you know, I'd give him the opportunity and, and, and referring back to your previous point where you talk about the cup competitions, that means there are plenty of games in which to do it. Um, plenty of fixtures in which he can be uh, sort of uh, moulded into the side. So I'd like to see him thrown in straight away. The sooner the better for me. I don't see the point in bringing him in on on an initial loan if we're not planning to use him straight away. If that was the case, you might as well have uh, left the deal to the end of the season, which probably would have made the deal easier to do. Um, so, yeah, for, for that reason, I think throw him in. You know, we obviously have a need. That's why he's been brought in now. Um, so, yeah, throw him in. Let's see what he's got. Um, Gare Pettersson says, I think it's fortunate we have three home games in a row now in the league. Um, yeah, I mean, it gives us a chance, doesn't it, to build some momentum. It gives us the opportunity to um, string some results together, to pick up a few wins. Um, you know, we've we've got that Europa League tie with Olympiacos uh, to come as well. Uh, first leg is on the 20th of February, which I'll be uh, I'll be going to. I'll be traveling to. So I'll be bringing you some live uh, content and some great uh, insight to Athens, a place I know very well, um, via the YouTube channel uh, over those couple of days while I'm out there. So uh, stay tuned for that. I'm sure you'll enjoy it. But yeah, it's uh, Newcastle United at home on Sunday. Uh, February the 16th is then followed by Everton at home in the league. Then we have the second leg of the Olympiacos game before West Ham come to town on March the 7th. Now, of course, also another thing that was confirmed today is Arsenal's FA Cup trip to Fratton Park will take place on Monday, March the 2nd. It's a 7.45 kickoff. I mean, it's a Monday night. It's not ideal. Fratton Park is not the furthest place in the way in the world that we're ever going to go to. Um, it's an, it will be a good trip, I think. Um, but, you know, it's not ideal, is it? But I understand, if I'm not mistaken, and correct me if I'm wrong, that all the FA Cup ties in that round are going to be played midweek. I could be wrong, though. Um, so do check that out. But when I was looking at the draw details, it said fixtures to commence on March the 2nd, which is the Monday. Therefore, I'm assuming that the other games are all midweek as well. And if that's the case, then, I mean, yeah, it's not ideal and it's not good, but we're not the only ones in that boat. Therefore, we can't really uh, kick up a stink about it. Uh, Eman300 says, Harry, to be fair, I don't want UEFA Champions League football to get smashed 10-2 again. We're definitely not in it to win it. I agree, mate. Look, nobody wants to get battered the way we were getting battered in those uh knockout ties by the likes of Barcelona, by the likes of Bayern Munich as well. Um, but for me, I just fear for the direction in which this club is heading without the finances that the Champions League brings, because we know that Stan Kroenke is not going to put money in out of his pocket. We know that FFP um, makes that difficult as well in many ways. Um, not going to go into the ins and outs of it, but we know there are restrictions in terms of what Arsenal can spend. Uh, and quite frankly, the club just want to run in a self-sustaining, self-sufficient way. Therefore, um, for me, even if it's just for the revenue, being back in the Champions League is massive. It, it will help us attract those who maybe think twice about joining us because of the fact we're not in it. Um, but also, like I said, the revenue is so, so important. And at the moment, Arsenal are a club operating on a Champions League wage budget, um, but with Europa League finances. And that's proving problematic. And the longer that goes on, the more difficult it's going to be to recover. And it's going to be Arsenal's fourth year without Champions League football if we don't make it next season. So um, for that reason, 
I want to see Arsenal get back in the Champions League. And, I'd, you know, if, if we do it via the Europa League route, fantastic. Um, you know, I don't really care how we do it, but it needs to happen and it needs to happen soon. Um, Avik Chakraborty says, three times in a row, Arsenal playing the FA Cup on Monday nights. Nobody cares about fans travelling so far on weekdays. These guys shout at Klopp for disrespecting the Cup, but do they care about the fans? It's a great point, mate. It is a great point and it is unfair. Um, to ask fans to make these journeys midweek. Portsmouth is not the worst one that you could get in the world. Neither was Bournemouth. And of course, the Leeds game was at home. But imagine those Leeds fans who had to travel down from Yorkshire on a Monday night and then get home after. It is simply not on end. You know, people talk about Jürgen Klopp disrespecting the cup. And I I, I mentioned it on a, on a podcast a couple of episodes ago. I can't remember exactly which one it was, but I did bring it up. Um, one of the things I said was, that I was, what's the word? I wasn't bothered about the team that Jurgen Klopp picks or the fact that he doesn't prioritise the competition because there are lots of managers that don't prioritise the competition. They have more important aims, more important aspirations, and particularly when you're playing at the level Liverpool are where you're challenging for the Champions League, you're challenging from the Premier League crown, the FA Cup takes a, a back seat. That's just the way it is. What I found disrespectful was, that he stayed away from the game. I thought that was a little bit over the top. Fine, you want to rest your players. You want to play the youth. You want to give the youngsters a run out. You want to bring your under-23 boss alongside you to call the shots and take the game that day. That's fine. But Jurgen Klopp's absence altogether, I thought, was a little bit disrespectful. And, and that's kind of my only issue with it. But in terms of what the cup brings to the table, when it comes to finances, you know, it's... Um, it's it's a no-brainer that European qualification takes precedent um, because the money available to those who participate in the Europa League or the Champions League completely dwarfs even the prize money from the FA Cup. So, you know, I, I get why teams do what they do, and that's ultimately, isn't it, why the Cup uh, has faded in terms of its importance, in terms of its appeal. Uh, what else have we got here? Linking fans to football says, how comes other teams like United... Don't get affected by fair play with higher wages and who spend more money. Manchester United have a far bigger global brand than us. They have a far bigger reach and they make a shitload of money, to put it frankly, um, year on year on year on year. And that is why, um, you know, they're able to, to continue to spend, um, you know, they've... And remember as well, they've not been out of the Champions League every single year. They've they've been in it. They've been out of it. Whereas we're going on a run now where we're going to be out of it for a few years. And that's obviously what's becoming problematic. Spot In terms of sponsorships, I'm sure they dwarf us in the deals that they do. Um, and Manchester United, you know, is probably one of the biggest, if not the biggest global brand in the world in terms of football clubs. So that's why. Um, they stand above us in that sense. Right. Um, thank you for all your questions. Thank you for tuning in. If you're watching us live on YouTube, don't forget to hit that like button before you log off. Uh, subscribe if you haven't already. If you're listening via the audio, uh, leave us a review too. That's much, much appreciated. And uh, we'll be back uh, next week with some more content um, where we'll be looking at Arsenal season up until this point in a little bit more depth. I'll be joined by some guests. We'll be doing that 
um, and my brand new show over at 19 Minute Football, which is called We're the North Bank, by the way, um, is kicking off next week. So stay tuned uh, for some information on that as well. It'll be in the bio here and it uh, the description, I should say, and it'll be uh, tweeted out via my Twitter account, which is at Harry Simeou, S-Y-M-E-O-U. So don't forget to follow me. We'll be back very, very soon with more. Uh, until then, though, take care. Ciao.